I'm Taffer. And I'm Bailey. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club and you're invited. Yeah! Yeah! We'd like to take this time to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember when the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today, and every day, to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and the Indigenous communities of that area. Uh, In Canada, we're looking at a federal election uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks, and it's a real good time to to consider how your vote can serve to uh, help Indigenous communities and help with returning the land to um, to who should be stewarding it. Mm-hmm. So this week, first of all, hello. Hi, folks. How are you? You look great. Did you change your hair? It's so nice to see you again. We missed you. We just had our little summer break uh, where we did not read. Well, at least I didn't read any young adult books. Did you read any young adult books on your summer break? I did. So, um... I read at least, like, one or two, like, good YA books on the break. I caught up. Occasionally, I like to catch up on the books that I was not on the episode of, but I had, like, FOMO about because I was like, that sounded really good. That's very diligent. (laughs) And I also, um, so for those of you who do not know this, I think that I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I was, like, hardcore a horse kid. And um, my, I, for some reason, a few weeks ago, reached the pandemic mental health coping stage of, like, getting deeply back into horse shit. So I spent the last few weeks rereading, like, the YA horse novels of my teens. So, like, like, I understand and I support this, but I feel like getting deeply back into horse shit. Oh, God, I didn't realize what that sounds like. It's just a statement we need to spend a minute with. No! I would like it to be known that I did not get enough sleep last night and they have a migraine and therefore I am not responsible. Uh, Just to add to that, I have just gone out for drinks with people for the first time since summer 2019. Um, So if our energy is a little bit wacky chaotic. But also just because we're so excited to be back, right? We're so yes. Excited. So did you yes. read Misty of Shinkatique? Um, I have just started reading it again. I the the horse books that I was most into as a teen were this like very like niche series of horse books written by this like woman from Caledon, Ontario that are also set in Caledon, Ontario that are just not very well written but very fun what are they called uh so there's not like a cohesive series name for them the the first one is called dancer um that's the horse's name Um, is the second one called prancer (laughs) no (laughs) 
there's no um, and then there's one called Abby Malone, and there's one called Stage Struck, which is about horses, but also the theater, um, and also ghosts. Um, Whoa! I didn't, I didn't see ghosts coming. <laughs> it's it's very yeah, very all over the place. And then there's one called Sun Dancer. Okay. Um, and then there are a few that are just called something at Saddle Creek. There's like mystery at Saddle Creek. I've heard of that one. Dark days at Saddle Creek. I've heard of the Saddle um, Creek ones. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So Bailey is reading about horses. I read. <laughs> I read a grown-up book. <gasps> wow. I did not. I did not manage. I and I actually like. I really want to put a shout out for this book. I don't. Mm-hmm. read adult books like I mean and by adult books I Fair. just mean books that are not YA like I almost never read anything except what I read for the podcast Fair. because I have very little time to read uh and we're reading a book a week um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I read this book called The Very Nice Box um I read it because I read a review of it that I got linked on Twitter and I don't remember uh, who it was who reviewed it. It would have been either, I think, probably Bustle or Autostraddle because those are the ones that I read the most often. But there was this... Oh, maybe it was Bitch. Anyway, there was this excellent review of The Very Nice Box uh, and I read it, the review and I ordered the book immediately. I had to. Um, it's by Eve Gleichman and Laura Blackett. It is a co-written book that writes in one voice. It doesn't write in two voices, which is something like I don't haven't seen very much. It is a... It's a suspense novel. Um, Mm. but it is not like any suspense novel I've ever read. And it is a look at like, like, like startup culture and hustle culture and like Mm. toxic masculinity that masquerades as like good masculinity. And it's just, it's, I just, I just want everybody to read it. Like, it's so good. It's such a good book. It's one of the best books I've read in the last few years. Uh, oh, cool. It has the most satisfying ending. Oh, God. The climactic scene is so satisfying in a way that you, like, do not expect at all. Um, anyway, that was my reading. I read that. It was really fun to read a book uh, that was not a YA book, and I highly recommend it. Fair. That is very fun. <laughs> it was fun. I also read a bunch of poetry. I did, like, a bunch Ooh, of other nice. reading. Yeah. I also read a graphic novel, which I just remembered, which was very fun. Um, I read Nimona, which is, like, very fun. Um, And I also picked up and read, which I want us to do in the podcast at some point, um, Black, uh, Blackout. Yes. Um, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is very, I don't know if you've read it yet. I haven't. It's it's very fun. But I want to. It's it's a co-written. It's a, yeah. like a co-written ensemble love story, and it's very, very okay. cute and good. So I thought it was an anthology because I really haven't looked into it at all. No, it's like um, like odd one out. Okay, so you know, you know, let it. No, it's like you know, let it snow, yeah. which we have read. Yeah. So it's like a similar premise of like like inter like interconnected love stories. Okay. Um, oh, that's my shit. But not shitty, and all written by awesome black women. And also some of them are queer and it's really fun. Okay, so we're going to read that. So It's extremely good and fun. We have a lot of exciting plans for this fall for you folks, yeah. uh, which we're not going to go into today. If you are our patron, you will learn about them soon. And remember that you can start being our patron and get that content at as little as a dollar a month and other perks also. But today we actually have more exciting news because this is our 
150th episode. And I am just like flabbergasted, not just by the fact that we're at 150, but by the fact that we put out a hundred or a hundredth episode last summer in August. And we took August off this summer. And now we are releasing 150 in September. We put out 50 episodes this year. Which is wild. Which it's a lot. I've been finding that very satisfying. I feel really good Mm -hmm. about that. Um, it's been so nice having the team bigger and yeah. having the capacity to do this. And I'm really mm-hmm. excited. Like in the fall, we have like lots of exciting ideas of how we're going to like diversify our episodes a little bit and keep that going, make the process of producing a little more sustainable for us. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I think this year was my year of realizing, oh, you can't produce an episode every single week and uh, not expect to burn out. But here we are. Bailey, a hundred and fifty episodes ago. Like, what did you think was gonna happen? I definitely I don't know if I like like coherently thought about where this was gonna go, but uh I I did not think that we would still be doing this in 150 episodes and like getting even better and more exciting and yeah. I did. I did think we were going to still be doing it. I, I definitely like went into this with a long view of like, this is something Bailey and I are going to do for a while. Fair. But I don't actually remember what I thought, but I'm yeah, so well, impressed we, that we, we got this far. We really did it on a whim. Like it we really like, was a whim. It would be fun. <laughs> and, and it was before sort of YA discourse had really blown up. Like YA discourse was also happening, true. but so much has happened in the last three years, which I know mm-hmm. I know you all have heard us talk about this to death, so I'm not going to go into the details mm-hmm. on that currently. But um, it's just been such a fun project, and mm-hmm. adding to the team has made it, like, so much more yeah. fun. Like, it's really yeah. fun to have it be just the two of us this week and be able to talk about our Mm -hmm. baby growing up but like yeah definitely having patty around and having Eunice around has just like expanded our conversations and our abilities and like Mm -hmm. and even more I think I think the thing I did not see coming which I think we've talked about this year but I remember when we started talking about the podcast the one thing that was really clear to us was that we wanted it to be a community point We wanted it Mm -hmm. to be something that connected us to other people who also read YA, other adults who also read YA and get nerdy about it. Mm -hmm. And 150 episodes ago, I didn't see that happening. I think Mm -hmm. I had hopes, but like, and certainly like 100 episodes ago, I was like, we're just going to be doing this into the ether indefinitely. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like this year, like the past year and a half especially, has been so rewarding in terms of Mm -hmm. like connecting with our listeners connecting with other YA fans connecting with authors like getting to know you guys getting to know this awesome community is exactly why we started this show Mm -hmm. and it's really satisfying because otherwise Bailey and I could just have a little book club yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you're invited Mm -hmm. exactly yeah it's wild it's it's very exciting and very fun and like it feels like there's still a big future ahead of the show which is fun it really like more than anything i remember getting to a Mm -hmm. point a while back where i was like oh i feel like we've done all the books like i feel like we don't like i don't know where we're gonna go Mm -hmm. next and now it's just like how are we ever how are we ever gonna hit everything (laughs) yeah even today just like looking at what we are planning on talking about today it was like oh my goodness like like 
so many of these, including ones that are like formative, like early, we haven't read. And like, yeah. Oh my God, Bailey, what a sieg that was. <laughs> shall I shall I introduce what we're talking about today, Tepper? <laughs> I need to correct myself. <laughs> what a segue that was. That's a deep oh, cut. Oh, did you not do that on purpose? I did that on purpose. I just okay. I just realized we probably have some new listeners. That's a deep cut for the uh, for the longtime listeners. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, go listen to our archives. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Easter egg. You have to find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, tell us what we're doing today, Bailey. So we thought it would be fun to, I think it was actually Caddy who first brought this list to our collective attention. Mm-hmm. Um, we are looking at the recently released Time 100 Best YA Books of All Time uh, list, which um, I also realized they, they published one in 2015 and then they republished one this year did they just diversify it because i feel like the reason you republish when you first published in 2015 is because you realized it was all white yeah basically Basically. like more or less also like they do talk about this in the write-up that like so much like there's been so much interesting happening in ya in the last like decade oh um i mean like definitely a lot of it was just diversifying it and like yeah like I think they say in the write-up that like half of the list was published since 2010 half of the new list yeah Um, I mean you gotta yeah that's like that you know that's true like mm -hmm. YA has been in coming into its own in the last 10 years really yeah which is cool. So, yeah, I so mean, it, the hundred best YA books is a bold claim. It is a bold claim, and I have some I have some quibbles with their methodology. Let me just say, uh, <laughs> why don't you talk us through those? So, so if you read, they do have a little like blurb about how they chose it, and so they talk about you know they're they're looking at books that are like you know very good and very important and talk about very important things but also books that had like a big impact on the genre um so there are a few different like criteria on which they're judging it which like fair good Mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily that everything on the list is like a brilliant perfect book which like fair i agree with that but I do feel like in some ways um, their criteria were not evenly applied. Mm. And uh, so this is not necessarily characteristic of me to defend, but I have a large quibble with this list based on what else is on it, which is that I do not understand why Twilight is not on this list. (laughs) Yeah. Not because I personally think that Twilight is a good book. But I don't think you can argue that Twilight wasn't influential in the YA genre. And sure, maybe you could argue that we won't include Twilight because it's very problematic in some ways. But but, but, but... if that's the case, then why are things like Lord of the, the Sisterhood Flies. of the Traveling Pants or Lord of the Flies or The Princess Diaries or any yeah. number of other books that were popular and we'd influential see bat, but problematic. for fuck's sake. Like, we'd see bad I have things to say about. Um, Twilight should absolutely be on this list. And I, like, I, I had not caught that yet, but it is frankly appalling that Twilight isn't on this list. I was reading it with a bit of an eye 
to what was left out. Um, yeah. Because I was curious. Like, I did notice, and I do... I stand behind this as a political statement. Like, Harry Potter is conspicuously absent. Yeah. Which, like, I support them not including it because of, you know, it's a fuck you to J.K. Rowling and her transphobia. Yes. Um, But but I don't understand... But there are other things that are left out that are, like, not that level of egregious. Yeah. While other things... Like, why is Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging on the list, but uh, not Twilight? Okay, Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging, actually, I, I think you can argue was, um, has been quite influential in terms Fair. of having that sort of irreverent sexuality in mm. YA. I think it was one of the few, the first ones to do that. That's fair. Twilight should should be on it. And I do mm-hmm. feel like there is a fair bit of tokenism also going on. Yeah. On like there are some recent books. I am glad that Graceling's on it. We'll go through these mm-hmm. one by one. But there are a few that I'm just kind of like, I've read this book. I like this book. I don't know why this book is on this list. There are um, a few that I feel that way about too. There are two Elizabeth Acevedo books. I love Elizabeth Acevedo. I think she is a, a, a massively talented author. But when you're talking about a hundred titles, like you've got it, you've got a limit. You can't just like I think you you choose one book from each author. You know? Yeah, there um, are a couple of authors represented twice, and it's like these are good authors, but yeah. But have a like follow up list with like shout outs. You know? It's also there. There are a number of books published within the last year on this list, which like, and some of them are very, very good books. The ones that I know, I know to be very good, and other ones I don't necessarily know, so I can't speak to. But like, can you say that it's one of the top one hundred best? Like, do we came when it just came out? Like, I don't yeah. think we know enough about the impact of it yet. I was yeah. actually. So um, I was having some interesting conversations about this list with my partner and, yeah. and they brought that up. And I was like, that's a really good point. Yeah. And I think that's for me kind of where tokenism comes in, because I get yeah. to a point of are you putting this book on the list because you genuinely believe in its impact and you genuinely believe in its quality? I don't think any of the recent like books by diverse authors are bad. These are good books. These are books no. that we've reviewed and raved about. Yeah. But when you have a book that has not been out yet for a year and it's also for example the only book on the list by an indigenous author mm-hmm. that feels um, like, no it's not no it's but... not okay I, again i haven't gone over the list in as much <laughs> in as much thoroughness as you are Fair. as you have but it what it makes me feel like is you know this is something we've talked mm-hmm. about a lot is that ya there have been YA authors writing good books from different experiences those books have yeah. not been as widely publicized and yeah. there's a point at which it's like, okay, like, is this an influential YA book? Or is this a book that's getting a lot of press from a big publisher? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I want to correct my earlier statement. So it's not the only book by an Indigenous author. I think it's only one of two, though. So yeah. your statement about tokenism absolutely still stands. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and you, don't, you know, yeah. like... Maybe maybe it needs to be more than 100 titles, you know? Like, if you're running mm. into this, maybe it needs to not be 100 titles. Maybe you're limiting yourself too much. <laughs> or maybe also, like, it's not possible to create a definitive 100 best YA yeah. books list because there are so many different categories. There are so many different ways that we can judge that. Yes. 
Um, and props to them for re-releasing, right? If they keep, yeah. you know, if they want to re-release every five years, cool. But I would say don't call it the 100 best YA books of all time then. Say it's like this year's yeah. top 100, you know? Mm-hmm. Like this is our yeah. list for this year. So yeah. we're, we're going to link this in the show notes. You'll be able yes. to look for look at the list yourself. You'll be able to look mm-hmm. at uh, their reasoning behind it. Maybe you agree with us. Maybe you don't. Let us know. Comment yeah. on our Instagram post. Drive up our engagement. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's get started. And we are going to read all the titles. Um, but mm-hmm. we're trying not to make this a three-hour long episode. True. So we are going to attempt to restrain ourselves from discussing the books unless there are pressing issues. We will Mm -hmm. note, oh, we reviewed that one. We liked it. But like, Mm -hmm. I think we're going to try very hard to keep things to like a few sentences unless it's like, we need to talk about this. We need to discuss this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bailey, you want to take us away? Sure. So before we start the list, it is worth noting that this is not a ranked list. It is a chronological list. So we are starting in the 1800s and going forward, um, which I think is an interesting way to organize it. Um, And I think better than trying to rank them, honestly. Um, So we are going to read five titles at a time and then talk about if we have anything specific to say about them. So the first five titles are Little Women, by Louisa May Alcott, Anne of Green Gables by Ellen Montgomery, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn by Betty Smith, Anne Frank, The Diary of a Young Girl by Anne Frank, The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. My only comment on the first five really, I think I have two comments. One is that I <laughs> mm-hmm. think it is fun that they started it at Little Women because that is also where we started the category of YA when we did our chronological list and that's like that's like a fun little like okay okay we also reviewed Anne of Green Gables uh I don't think we've reviewed Tree Grows in Brooklyn I haven't no no we have not I don't think okay I'm on the fence about Anne Frank belonging on here because it is not a novel Mm -hmm. I mean they do deliberately call it best books but it is it is just interesting to note that it's the only one that's not a novel there are a few graphic novels but those are still in the broad category of novels in terms of being an influential book that a lot of young people read yeah but it's it's interesting yeah it's yeah I just noting it is not a novel and restraining Mm -hmm. myself from going into that further catcher in the rye whatever (laughs) <laughs> I, I understand why it's there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so the next five are another Lord of the Flies uh, by William Golding, To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee, From the Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler by E.L. Coningsberg, A Wizard of Earthsea by Earth's Ursula K. Le Guin, and a book I've literally never heard of, It'll Get There, It Better Be Worth, I'll Get There, It Better Be Worth the Trip by John Donovan. Have you ever heard of that one? I have not. Never heard of that one. Don't know anything about it. So I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know how important it can be. (laughs) (laughs) If we haven't heard of it, how important can it be? The foremost experts in YA scholarship. I feel like we're up there. I feel like we're up there by this time. (laughs) Have you spent three years studying the genre? No? Someone should give us honorary degrees. Somebody should let us make this list. We have not read any of these, I don't think. Not on the show. Not on the show. Yeah. No. Like, I have read some of them 
in high school. Lord of the Flies, I'm just exhausted. I wish everybody would stop talking about it. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird, definitely influential, definitely YA. Mm-hmm. Mix-up files of Mrs. Basil e. Frank Weiler. We've got a review. God, I love that book. Yeah, what, a, what an influential book. It's I think of it as middle grade. Books that we've read though. Oh, it's very fun. I, I am. Um, I definitely consider it middle grade. So I'll have to review that and see. Fair. Well, this is interesting because we're still in the point of the list before YA as a genre really existed. So these are all like retroactively categorized books. Yeah. And that's a tricky thing to do. I have not read A Wizard of Earthsea and and I should because like Mm -hmm. Le Guin is like a a massively important author um, who I haven't read yet. We should read it on the podcast. We should. Because I also have not read anything by her and I would like to. If you know anything about I'll Get There, It Better Be Worth the Trip, let us know. (laughs) Tell us. All right. So the next five are Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret by Judy Bloom. A Hero Ain't Nothing But a Sandwich by Alice Childress. Forever by Judy Bloom. Tuck Everlasting by Natalie Babbitt. And Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry by Mildred D. Taylor. Were you a were you a bloomer? I was. Um, I have not read both of these Judy Bloom books, but I have read Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. And I was particularly into like the fudge cycle uh-huh. of books, like fudge and super fudge and all of those. Uh-huh. I read more of Bloom's older, sexier books like Forever. Forever had a huge impact on me. Okay. Um, I read it a lot. Uh, this is one of those situations where I'm like, I understand both these books. Like, I understand why they chose these two books, because it's sort of indicative mm-hmm. of two sides of Bloom's work. But I, again, I think when you have 100 titles, two books by the same author is, is too much. Yeah. I have never read A Hero Ain't Nothing But a Sandwich. Neither have I. I don't know anything about it. Tuck mm-hmm. Everlasting. Is that the one? Like, there's like a tire swing and like one of the kids dies at the end. No, that's Bridge to Terabithia. Oh, that's Bridge to Terabithia. <laughs> um, I read both of these books. They are like they're like the they're like books for 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 weepy, tragic youth. Okay, um, so Tuck Everlasting is also sad and tragic. Yes, Tuck Everlasting is the one with the boy who can't die and the girl who falls in love with him, but then she decides to die. Oh yes, I have read this. Uh, there was a terrible movie of it with Alexis Bledel. But I had a big crush on Tuck as a child. Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry, we have reviewed. We have reviewed, yeah. Yep. Oh, have you been keeping note of those or no? Uh, yes. I, for, at my count, by my count, we are at three that we have read. Cool. On the show. I don't think we've read any Judy Bloom on the show. No, and we should, actually. We should at some point. All right. Um, Next five? Yeah. A Swiftly Tilting Planet by Madeline Lengel. Bold move, I think, to choose Swiftly Tilting Planet rather than Wrinkle in Time of the Time Trilogy. Correct choice, in my opinion. Oh. The Westing Game by Ellen Raskin. Homecoming Homecoming by Cynthia Voigt. The House on Mango Street by Sandra Cisneros. Well, I can't do words. Sandra Cisneros and... (laughs) Weetsy Bat. Oh my god. Weetsy Bat by Francesca Leah Block. Before I talk about Weetsy Bat, anything to say about the other ones? I mean, love Madeline Langle 
absolutely deserves to be on the list. I do not know anything about um, actually any of the other books in this section. So me and we have not we have not read a swiftly tilting planet on the podcast, right? We've only read a wrinkle in time. I genuinely I can't remember. <laughs> I don't. I know. think that we've only read a wrinkle in time on the podcast. I, excuse me. I love swiftly tilting planet. It's one of my favorite Langle books. Fair. Okay. Wheatsy Bat. Holy, holy shit. So this is a... Wheatsy Bat and like all the Francesca Lea Block books are books that I read ravenously as a teenager. And they're books that I read ravenously as a teenager that I am wildly embarrassed now. And there aren't that many YA books that I am embarrassed to have liked. But Wheatsy Bat is the fucking textbook on cultural appropriation but make it sexy and fun uh, like like Wheatsy Bat it's like a sort of like magical realism Los Angeles dream it's like very it's very sexy it feels very queer it is queer I think there's like queer romance in it um it's beautiful it's decadent it's sexy which is why I read it because it's like very very heavily sexy but 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 the fucking degree of white children dressing up in feathered headdresses and shit. Like, Ooh. if we're talking about books that we're not putting on the list because of problematic... Like, this is... This is... I mean, I say this as somebody who read this book a lot and loved this book as a teenager. This shouldn't be here. This isn't okay. Like, if we're mm-hmm. if we're leaving Harry Potter off for problematic, if we're leaving Twilight off for problematic, why... What the fuck is Wheatsy Bad doing here? Is it because it, it, it acknowledges that gay people exist? Because it acknowledges that gay people exist and gay people can dress up in cultures for sexy fun. And, and like... You know, do you like your gender-bending sexiness with a great big dose of cultural appropriation? Oh boy, have we got the book for you. I don't like that. I don't like that. I, I, I'm really, this is, I think, the only one that I've been, like, like, genuinely pissed about. And that's kind of where mm-hmm. tokenism comes in to me, com- comes in for me. Because I'm like, if you want to have a queer book, an earlier queer book, don't use this mm-hmm. one yeah like, like why not influential but like don't there are other like ones like i'm thinking i now i don't remember it's a long time since i've read it so i don't remember if they're like problematic elements but why not like any on my mind or something yeah yeah um, or like or like uh, empress of everything or like they're just there were queer books um yeah fr- quite frankly define normal really good like queerish but bo- oh no fuck Define, I always think Define Normal was a lesbian romance, but I think it's genuinely just a friendship. (gasps) Oh, shit. I can't remember. I think we need to review. We need to start reviewing, like, formative books. There are definitely, like, a lot of ones on this list that now I'm curious about because I haven't read them. I think Wheatsy Bat would be really interesting to revisit, but I also, Mm. like, would not want to make anybody read it. Fair. I have never read it, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I think even as a teenager, I remember being like, I'm not sure about this. Yeah. And, like, I was a, t- I was definitely a culturally appropriative teenager. <laughs> All right, next five. <laughs> Moving on. Next five. Uh, the Giver by Lois Lowry. Ella Enchanted by Gail Carson Levine. Holes by Lu- Louis Sachar, I think. If You Come Softly by Jacqueline Woodson. And Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging by Louise Renison. Of these, I think we've read The Giver and Ella Enchanted. Yeah, I think that's right. We haven't done Holes yet. 
somehow. Which is, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I actually kind of think of Holes a little bit more as a middle grade book, but... Yeah. It's what, it straddles the line, I think. Yeah. And I have not read either If You Come Softly or Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging. Oh, I have. I was, like, into those at some point in the early aughts. I remember them being, like, kind of fun, very crude, very British, which was still a novelty at that point. (laughs) There really were so many crude British YA books for a while there. Like, I didn't Mm. read this one, but I definitely read, like, a bunch of crude British books about, like, I don't know, gay teens making straight friends? Okay, interesting. I did not read those ones. Okay. Meh. Unremarkable. Next five. Monster by Walter Dean Myers. Speak by Laurie House Anderson, which we have reviewed. Stargirl Mm -hmm. by Jerry Spinelli, which you gave to me to read, but I think we haven't reviewed. Oh, no, did we review it? Oh, I don't think we reviewed it. I am, yeah, I'm like 95% sure we haven't reviewed it. Now I need to open up a page with all of our episodes. I read it on your uh, recommendation. Princess Mm -hmm. Diaries, classic, and A Step from Heaven by Anna, which I have read, but ages ago. Have we read uh, The Princess Diaries on the show, or have we just talked about doing it a lot? I don't think we have. We talked it well, I think we've reviewed it the same way we reviewed Ella Enchanted, which is we talked about it in the Princess Smack. Oh yeah, we pitted them against each other. Yeah. So if we if we count Ella Enchanted, then we have to count. The we have Diaries. talked about doing Princess Diaries uh read through next summer, and I would love that because I really, really, really love that series. That could be fun. But also, like folks, if you want Meg Cabot content, there is a whole podcast called The Cabot Cast where all they do is read Meg Cabot books. So check them out. I'll link them in the show notes. Uh, A Step from Heaven, I know I read, and I I don't really remember it. I have not read it. Oh, and I don't I... know anything about it. Yeah. Okay. I think, like, if we're, like, Speak definitely deserves to be on the list, I think. Stargirl was very popular. It was, I mean, it was YA Manic Pixie Dream Girl. <laughs> uh, Star, I mean, like, I don't really know what Stargirl is doing on the list. I, it, yeah. It, it, it's good. It's fun. It's really, like... I don't know. There was just like a whole bunch of books at one point that were all about like don't bully the manic pixie dream girl. And like mm-hmm. uh I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I don't know how influential that is really. I I don't know. A step- yeah, it was very popular and iconic yeah. for a while, but I don't know if it's had a lasting impact. That's a good point. Exactly. Um A Step from Heaven is about Korean immigrants to the US. This is one of the ones that is like Yes, widely read. Um, it's not. I don't. I don't feel like I can make like a statement on it, except that like I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like for me, that's one of those books where I'm like, there were a few that I would consider for this. I don't know if this would be my choice, but like, it's also possible that they talked to, for example, a bunch of Korean Americans who grew up with that book, uh, and that's how Fair. they came to the decision. Fair. I'm just yeah. aware of when it's not my audience <laughs> or I'm mm-hmm. not the audience. Yeah. Okay. And the Princess Diaries, like, yes, very popular, very influential. More in- also problematic. More influential than Twilight. Princess Diaries 100% belongs on the, this list. I will fight Fair. you on that. I don't think it doesn't belong Twilight on the list. Twilight also just, belongs on the list. I just still think Twilight, I think it's bananas that Twilight take, isn't on the list. Take Stargirl off, put Twilight on. Again, yeah. so like, I just, for anybody who is writing YA shit, like, please, 
I cannot talk about this podcast to literally anybody without talking about Twilight. I brought it up with a friend who like who doesn't read YA who I like hadn't talked to in years and I mentioned it and he was just immediately like oh man it was so hard to have a girlfriend during Twilight like sorry I can't be a vampire like everybody cares everybody wants to talk about it that is influential as shit Twilight is one of the most influential YA books and I don't care if you don't like that fact it, people bring it up before they bring up Harry Potter. Like, people who talk about YA talk about Harry Potter as influential. But just general average people, if you say YA, they think Twilight. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Fair. <laughs> but I think Princess Diaries belongs here, too. I do agree that it belongs here. I just think it's bananas that Twilight isn't on the list. Uh... <laughs> I think there are a few books that I'm like, this is here but not Twilight. Yeah, that's one of the ones that I'm like, this is here but not Twilight. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because to me, they're in similar categories of like yeah. popular but problematic. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. So next five. Rainbow Boys by Alex Sanchez. The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants by Anne Shares. What's that one? <gasps> that one? I don't, I don't think you've heard of that on this show. <laughs> Before We Were Free by Julia Alvarez. Feed by M.T. Anderson, and Persepolis by Marjane Satrapi. I never read uh, Rainbow Boys, but, like, it's gay. I'm assuming so. it's gay. Um, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, obviously. Before we were free, I think, sure. I read Feed at one point, uh, but I remember it was, like, definitely big for a long time. Persepolis. I'm going to say something a little controversial. I think it is a wonderful book. I think it's mm-hmm. it's excellent. I suppose it is young adult in that it is a teenager, but I I don't think it's been marketed in the YA category. Mm. I don't I don't when was think it that I would call it YA. It was uh, not that long ago. It's a graphic novel though, right? And graphic novels are always like aren't always marketed as YA in the same way, even if they are YA. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an autobiographical graphic novel, right? It's hard Mm. to say. It's it's hard to categorize something that's a memoir. Which I should say. Oh, so it came out in... 2004? 2000 and 2004. Persepolis came out in 2000. Persepolis 2 came out in 2004. It's a memoir. It starts in childhood. It does start with a 10-year-old protagonist who grows up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I'll I'll give that. It It maybe just wasn't marketed as YA. It kind of jumped out at me as like, I don't know. But like, Mm -hmm. if we're saying, as we often do, that YA is a coming of age featuring a teenage protagonist at least the second one counts i will give it there i will give that to it yeah i the only one of these five that i have read is the sisterhood of the traveling pants so okay all right next five then (laughs) all right um it's you how i live now by meg rosoff code talker by joseph bruchak elsewhere by gabrielle zavin the book thief by marcus zuzak and the lightning thief by rick riordan i have not read any of these I have read, we have not read none of them on the podcast. I have read uh, The Two Thieves. I have read The Book Thief <laughs> and The Lightning Thief. <laughs> which, which thief would win? Um, oh, see, part of the problem, it's like a long time ago that I read The Book Thief and I read The Lightning Thief relatively recently. 
I mean, from my memory, like, I think the book Thief is, like, more complex and better written. Well, the book Thief um, is the one that's about World War II, right? Yeah. The book Thief is another one that I don't think of as YA, but I think it has been taught in enough, like, school classes yeah. that I'll accept it. Like, I think it was written as an adult book, but, like, yeah. the, protagon- the protagonist actually, I think, is, like, 10 or something. Yeah. Which, but, like, it was definitely, it's definitely been taught in high schools a lot. It's one of them that I'm, like, kind of, like, definitely it was very big at the time, but I don't know if it's necessarily had, like, an enduring legacy the way yeah. some other books has. Yeah. Um, like, there were a few years where it was, like, wildly popular. I think from, like, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants to, like, I think right now in this, we're in the middle of, like, a gap when I graduated high school and before I started reading YA books again. Fair. <laughs> And I just don't know these um, books. But obviously Rick Riordan belongs on this list. Yeah, like the Lightning Thief is a bit more middle grade, but it's definitely like he, yeah, very, very popular. The Percy Jackson series are very popular and like yeah, also very interesting in some ways, like having um, the main character has a learning disability, which is very cool. And yeah, so like interesting, interesting books for sure. Yeah. But so we have read none of them on the podcast and uh, yeah, let's, let's go along. And we have, yeah, not read many of them in general. <laughs> so American Born Chinese by Jean Luang Yang, Copper Sun by Sharon Draper, Tyrell by Co Booth, Graceling by Kristen Kishore, and The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. I have read the last two. I have not read the first three. I maybe read Tyrell, but like I don't, I don't remember it, mm-hmm. anything about it. Um, I have also only, unfortunately, only read the last two. Okay. Um, so in the interest of time, we'll just assume the other three belong here. Yeah. Graceling, obviously, I'm excited to see the Graceling series represented here, mm-hmm. but I think they should have selected Bitter Blue. I think Bitter Blue is far and away the best uh, of, this, mm. of the trilogy. Yeah, I really, really like Graceling, but I think there is definitely an argument um, for that. It was interesting for me to see them on there because I didn't know that they were necessarily, like, as popular. Yeah, no, me either. I was really happy to see Um, that. But it's a very, very good book that's doing some very interesting things with fantasy. I think think it belongs on it on merit. Obviously, it's one of my favorite. (laughs) Christian Kishore is one of my favorite authors. Hunger (laughs) Games, obviously, yes. Why isn't Twilight Mm -hmm. on this list? Yeah, uh... <laughs> but the Hunger Games also well, not that Twilight didn't usher in an era of teen vampire fiction because it absolutely did, but the Hunger Games also kind of like ushered in an era of like political YA dystopias. Yes, the Hunger um... Games punches right along with Twilight. Hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> Hunger Games definitely makes sense to be on the list. Next five, Shipbreaker by Paolo Bacigalupi. Sorry, I'm sorry. I made that real Italian. Akata Witch by Nandi Okorafor. Daughter of Smoke and Bone by Lainey Taylor. Legend by Marie Lu. And Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin Alirio Sáenz. I have only read Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe. I think it is a beautiful book. Same. Uh, we read it together on the podcast, in yep. fact. <laughs> um, yeah, I have not read any of the others. We should read A Cat of Witch on the podcast. Yeah, I um, think probably Daughter of Smoke and Bone, too. That one I remember being influential. Fair. I don't know anything about it other than I'm assuming it ushered in the 
YA t- naming convention of Wait, something. I of hate something it. And something. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And I hate how pervasive it is. I hate that people are still talking about it, even though this naming conceit is no longer used. People still go, oh, YA. That means a, a, a turtle of broth and soup. That's just like, well, no. <laughs> Is there like broth in soup? I had, I had some broth before I started. Broth on the brain. Broth must be broth <sighs> on the brain. All right, next yeah. five. Code name Verity by Elizabeth Wayne. Wine, Wayne, one I think of them. Wine, better. Wine. Um, Every day by David Levithan. Me and Earl and the Dying Girl by Jesse Andrews, The Fault in Our Stars by John Green, and If You Could Be Mine by Sarah Farazan. Do we need two Dying Girl books here? Do no, we need we two need dying, dying Girl books girl, in a row? Girl books. Like, I understand why Fault in Our Stars is here. No, I, it makes, I, like, it was a big thing in YA. It's a thing yeah. that I hate in YA. But <laughs> I don't think this is David Levithan's best book. I don't know. Underwhelming. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Codename Verity, I feel like, doesn't... I don't know. It's fine. I don't know anything about it, yes. other than the co- by the cover, I assume it has to do with World War II. Yeah, that's fine. Next five. <laughs> um, yeah, and we've read none of those on the podcast. Yeah, so... Somehow we have we managed just... to do 150 episodes without reviewing The Fault in Our Stars. Well, real, Ugh. really soon, we're going to hit every book we have ever <laughs> reviews true yeah no real soon it's gonna be like the greatest hits of ya podcast and we are we are already running into a long episode so i'm gonna just rush us through the next five uh i'm gonna just say right up front never read any of the next five me neither so this will be fast Uh, some of these i i i should have but march book one by john lewis and andrew aiden illustrated by nate powell i know nothing about this Brown Girl Dreaming by Jacqueline Woodson. I should read, uh, but have not yet. I'll Give You the Sun by Jandy Nelson. Noggin by John Corey Whaley. I think maybe I read that one. I don't know. And The Crossover by Kwame Alexander. We haven't read any of them. I have Mm -hmm. no idea if they deserve to be on this list. Same. Uh, Next five. To All the Boys I've Loved Before by Jenny Han. Yes. Ember in the Ashes by Saba Tahir. Dumplin' by Julie Murphy, Everything, Everything by Nicola Yoon, and March Book Two by John Lewis and Andrew Aiden, illustrated by Nate Powell. Okay, no, you don't put two books from the same fucking series on the list. Yeah. You don't do that and not put Bitter Blue on this list. All right. <laughs> like, if you're gonna, I feel like you should just list them as a series. Like, yeah. it's the same with having two books by the same author. Like, yeah. you're only doing a hundred books. Just don't. Um, to all the boys I've loved before, obviously, I think absolutely influential. Uh, has already been shaping YA, deserves to be here. An Ember in the Ashes I have had on the shelf for us to review for like two years. Okay, I don't know anything about it. Uh, it's, it. It's one of the early and very influential diverse fantasy uh, books mm, that's cool. ushered in a lot of the books we've read. Dumplin', obviously, we reviewed. Um, wow, yeah. Beautiful. Uh, haven't read Everything Everything by Nicola Yoon, but support Nicola Yoon being represented here. Mm-hmm. Don't have two books of the same series, come on. More Happy Than Not by Adam Silvera. Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens Agenda by Becky Albertalli. Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. Salt to the Sea by Ruta Sepetis. 
and Sai, the Biennial Schusterman. Um, have not I have not read any of these. Okay. Um I have read I have read Simon versus yeah. the Homo sapiens agenda. Have we done that on the podcast? I can't remember. I think so, but I don't think I was on the episode. Uh, I think we have done it, so I'm yeah. putting a tally mark down. But I, d- I don't think there's any arguing that it belongs here. It's good. No, I think it makes sense. Uh The Sun is also a star by Nicola Yoon. Again, very good author. I don't yeah. I still don't necessarily support two books by the same author. Yeah. Any right. author being on this list. Okay. Uh, we Are the Ants by Sean David Hutchinson. When the Moon Was Ours by Anna Marie McLemore. McLemore? McLemore. I'm not know. sure. Allegedly by Tiffany D. Jackson and American Street by Ibi Zaboy. Uh, love Ibi Zaboy. I believe yes. I read Allegedly a long time ago and it was good. When the Moon Was Ours, yeah, it's influential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't read any of these, um, but I have read other things by a few of the authors. Yes. All right. Are you ready to get into it? Yes. So next five, couple of familiar titles. Dear Martin by Nick Stone. I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter by Erica L. Sanchez. Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds. The 57 Bus by Dashka Slater. And The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. Now this I find interesting because I did not realize that Dear Martin was published before The Hate You Give. I also did not realize that. I was also surprised by that. Um, but I like seeing them represented together, especially because Nick Stone and Angie Thomas are friends, and that's really mm-hmm. fun. Obviously, we love both those books. I haven't read yeah. Long Way Down, but fully support Jason Reynolds being here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't yeah. read the other two. No, neither have I. Um, next five, The Marrow Thieves by Cherie Dimmeline. Mm-hmm. We Are Okay by Nina LaCour. When Dimple Met Rishi by Sandhya Menon. A Very Large Expansive Sea by Tahera Mathi, and Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi. Marrow Thieves, yes. Obviously. Yes, absolutely needs to 100% be there. 100% should be there. When Dimple Met Rishi... I don't know. Has Have we done it on the podcast? No, I've read half of it. Mm-hmm. That's one of those ones where I'm like, I get it, it's influential, but there are like, there are a lot of good similar books by... Indian authors that I would actually rank before that. Children of Blood and Bone is groundbreaking. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, next five. Darius the Great is Not Okay by Adib Koram. The Astonishing Color of After by Emily XR Pan. The Poet X by Elizabeth, Elizabeth Acevedo. Frankly in Love by David Yoon. And Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me by Mariko Tamaki, illustrated by Rosemary Valero O'Connell. I have only read The Astonishing Color of After of these. However, I have heard of all of them, like, repeatedly. Mm -hmm. So I'm prepared to accept them all. Yeah, I have read The Astonishing Color of After as well, and Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me is, like, on my list. It's, like, physically on my bedside table as a, like, I should read this. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Next five. Like a Love Story by Abdi Nazimian. Pet by Akuake Amezi. Amezi, I'm so sorry um, if I did that badly. With the Fire on High by Elizabeth Acevedo. The Black Flamingo by Dean Atta. And Felix Ever After by Kaysen Callender. So we've done With the Fire on High and Felix Ever After. 
Mm-hmm. I, again, love Elizabeth Acevedo, don't think she should be on twice. Uh, With the Fire on High is one of the most beautiful books I have ever read in my life. It's gorgeous. Uh, and Felix Ever After, like, absolutely super, super influential. Wait, we haven't reviewed Felix Ever After, have we? We've we reviewed a different case in Calendar. We did, yeah, I wasn't, I assumed that we'd done it, but I wasn't on. But yeah, no, we did, um... We've done a case and calendar book, but yes. I yeah I think that it isn't Felix it ever a, after actually. It was a different. It was, one it was one of the like one of the summer that we did. Um, no, was it? I don't know. Yeah, it was when we did the LGBTQ series, and I I don't remember. Yeah. we have reviewed case and calendar. We have not reviewed Felix ever after. Yeah. Um, so oh, we're before, at the last five. Before I do the last five, I want to pause for a brief self burn, which is I scrolled down and it was like, oh, that's neat that there's exactly five left and then it's like yes there's a list of a hundred books daily it's going to divide (laughs) evenly by five Uh, (laughs) i'm smart my undergrad is in science i know how to count i do not know how to count i fully accept that i do not know how to count but i did the division on this and said yes if we do it by fives We'll be done. <laughs> All right, last five. Stamped by Jason Reynolds and Ibram X. Kendi. The Henna Wars by Adiba Jagodar. Again, sorry if I'm mispronouncing anyone's names. We Are Not Free by Tracy Chi. You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson. Yes. And Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Boulay. So, Stamped, You Should See Me in a Crown, and Firekeeper's Daughter, we have all reviewed. All excellent books um i would argue that firekeeper's daughter is a little bit of a recent release to be included. also you should see me in a crown and you should see me in a crown They're, well uh you know what now maybe i'm because these have both been huge right like you should they see have me in a both crown. been huge they've both won a bazillion awards fair no fair. So it's I might just... I might be walking that back because I think if they're going to select recent releases, those are the two to select. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, absolutely. If they are going to select recent releases, those make sense. Yeah. I just I wonder if it makes sense to be doing books that were released in like the last year. Yeah. If your conceit is that it is a hundred best books of all time. Yeah. Again, they should just every year do like the best YA books of this year, or every five years do the best YA books of the last five years. Yeah, it could be like an ongoing list that we update regularly, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay, so there we go. So takeaways, how many of those books have we reviewed? 23 of the 100, so okay. nearly a quarter. Okay, and a few, and then a few that we have read the author, but not the specific book. Yeah, and then like a handful more that we've read the author, but not the specific book. Yeah. Overall, decent representation methodology is a little sus where the fuck is twilight yeah yeah support the fuck you to jk rowling that's my last point support that support that quite a lot so that's the time top 100 ya titles that's our thoughts on it let us know what you think uh comment on our episode tweet at us let us know your thoughts on it did you really disagree with something we said did you really agree with something we said is there a book that you feel is just like glaringly omitted from this list uh we want to know do you want to fight us about twilight needing to have been included you won't win (laughs) but you can try (laughs) (laughs) thanks 
for listening to Yeah, it's nice to be back. It's nice to uh, be recording again. As always, if you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, you can send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at yapodcast and individually at tefferbear and at thebalesosaurus. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. Please do. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons, Catherine Reshi, Kat McGuire, Lizzie Tenhove, Chantel Thomas, Maddie Dever, Megan Jane, Emily Patton, and Emmett Cameron. Mwah! We have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at Public. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, subscribing on Spotify, and as always by sharing this episode with a friend. Maybe you have a friend who's a YA snob and you want to send them to fight us. <laughs> we really want somebody to fight us, apparently. I'm ready to fight! <laughs> I'm like jumping around like 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 Machamp Pokemon. Okay. Yes. Can can confirm. I forgot that you can see me. <laughs> Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. Oh, I also, I totally forgot, so I'm just going to put in this little shout-out before I wrap it up. If you want to hear more of the melodious sound of my voice, I am on this week's episode of No Bad Food with Tom Zalatni, who you might also know as our editor and also as my partner. Um, We're talking about salad, which is one of my favorite things. Uh, We're talking about salad. We're talking about vegetables. We're talking about diet culture. We're talking about smashing diet culture. We're talking about eating food just because you love it. We're talking about intuitive eating. It's a great episode. Uh, You should head over there right now and listen to it. That's No Bad Food Podcast. This episode was produced by Tepper at Jenny, and that's me, and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network, like No Bad Food Podcast, at UpfordNetwork.com. Bye. Hello, my name is Stefan, and I am the host of a show called Some Good Friends, and it's a podcast, and it will make you laugh, and we talk to some of my good friends, and they're crazy and hilarious and wacky, and you're going to love them just as much as I do. Currently, while I'm recording this, I forgot to mute all my other takes, so I'm hearing myself say different words in my ears. The show comes out every Monday, weekly. Dungeons, Dragons, Canada, the Multiverse Theory, Corgis, Queer Representation, Reconciliation, Angels, Demons, Squirrels, Moose, Moose and Squirrels, Sorcerers, Dinosaurs, Forests, Giants, Rogues, Warlocks, Plains, Sewers, Lavender, Natural Toonie, a Canadian Dungeons and Dragons podcast, right here on the Upford Network. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.